Hello, studio music teacher friends. Welcome to the Beyond Measure podcast with me, Christina Whitlock, your host and designated anytime piano teacher friend. When you find yourself feeling like you just need someone who has your back in this profession, look no further. That's me. (laughs) This is a listener-supported podcast, which means you don't have to listen to ads because of some very generous Patreon community members who help me keep things running over here. So if you would like to support my work, even just for a short season of time, you can do so for as little as $3 a month. Head over to christinawhitlock.com support for more information. Buckle up, friends, because I think we have something really important to talk about today. As educators, the idea of setting goals, like assessing accomplishments and measuring progress, all of those things, they are really obviously very important. Goals keep our students focused on moving forward. But because goals are so integral to teacher life, I thought it best to take a few moments to think about what goals are and what they aren't. Super fans of this podcast will know that I have talked about goals from time to time throughout the course of this podcast. Most specifically, I would direct you back to episode 14 on student evaluations episode 45 on naming your objective, 91 on goal setting that works, and even episode 127 on measuring progress. (laughs) So, okay, I guess this is indeed something that I have talked about quite a bit. I truly see a lot of teachers that neglect goal setting in their studios. I mean, it's easy to get caught up in the same old, same old hamster wheel of passing pieces and to forget to take a step back to set, assess, and communicate goals with students and their families. A lot of teachers will assume that if they are working through a graded method series, then they are working with a built-in set of goals and learning sequences, and that's sufficient for the goal-setting department. (laughs) And I mean, it's not nothing, but there is a lot to be said for helping students recognize everything they have accomplished besides moving up to a book with a different color on the cover. (laughs) So, okay, am I being clear that goals are good? (laughs) Goal setting, assessment, working together with students and their families to develop plans. I mean, those things are all good and they are all important. But here is the thing about goals. They are in a constant state of fluctuation and they are not like final destinations ever. (laughs) Goals are moving targets. You accomplish one, that's great, but there are 90 more waiting for you. (laughs) 
This is the nature of goals. And if we're not careful, it's really overwhelming and it's really exhausting for our students. I've said this on the podcast before, but like, even though most of us are compelled for whatever reason to keep chasing the moving target of excellence in playing our instruments, that does not mean every student who enters our studio is ready to embrace a lifetime of bigger and bigger goals. I would go as far as to say most of the students who come to us do not show up interested in signing up for a lifetime of improvement. <laughs> but I've already written that episode. It's number 23, way back in the archives. I will link all of these other episodes that I'm mentioning in the show notes for today's episode. But what I want to remind you about today is the importance of seeing goals for what they are and acknowledging what they are not. Goals are stepping stones. They are not final destinations. Allow me to explain what I mean. To do so, we are going to think about some common household chores. I want you to think with me for a moment about cleaning your kitchen. <laughs> Cleaning the kitchen can often feel discouraging because why? Because as soon as you get the kitchen reset, it begins to get disorderly again. Dishes get dirty all too quickly after they're clean, don't they? <laughs> You're going to have to wipe down those counters again after the next meal. Your kids are going to get their Play-Doh out once it's put away. It just happens, whatever the case may be. After all, that is the actual point of having a kitchen, is to have a place where your dishes get used and food gets prepared. That kitchen trash can is there to gather your garbage. Yet, aren't we all frustrated by the fact that it feels like we are constantly changing out that trash bag? <laughs> and here's where the true nature of goals comes into play, friends. We don't clean our kitchen, so we won't have to clean it in the future. That's not the goal. It's so that we have a functional space to do our kitchen-related work. Making a, quote, mess is precisely the reason that space exists in our house. So when we get the kitchen all cleaned up, we shouldn't do so with some kind of delusion that we're not going to have to do that again for a while. <laughs> Quite the contrary. Cleaning up one's kitchen is a part of everyday life. Now, this sounds obvious to a lot of you, I know. But how many of us sigh and shrug thinking, I just did the dishes, or didn't I just take out the trash? This, friends, is a misunderstood goal. If you want a kitchen that doesn't need cleaning, you're going to have to stop using it. <laughs> and what would the point of that be? A clean kitchen is not a destination. It's just a stepping stone to other kitchen-related activities. The same can be said for laundry, right? I know, we feel like we're constantly doing laundry, but it's because that is a routine chore that is never actually over. It's a cycle, 
It's not something to lament having to do because you feel like you just did it <laughs> because the point of doing laundry is not to complete a task that you don't have to do anymore. It's just to have clean clothes to put back on your body, which are going to get dirty again. <laughs> All right. So, Christina, where are you going with this conversation? <laughs> the question I have for you today is this. Do our students realize the things that we ask them to do, the things we ask them to accomplish? Do they realize that these things are stepping stones toward more musical ability and understanding? Or do they mistakenly look at them as sort of final destinations? Because I've got to tell you, it does not feel good to accomplish something that you have been working toward only to realize that that same work awaits you into infinity. You have a student who sets a goal to win a particular competition, and they do. I mean, that's a great moment. But then what? Musicians really struggle sometimes with what to do after a significant accomplishment. The real benefit of that competition experience came from the preparation for the event. It came in experiencing the thrill of playing alongside other great musicians. It came from learning what works and what doesn't when it comes to dealing with the pressures of performance. Maybe you made new connections through that performance. Great, fantastic. <laughs> but that competition should have never been viewed as some kind of destination. It's a stepping stone toward many other things in life, but it was never designed to be the ultimate anything. Let's say you're in school working towards a degree. That degree feels like a destination, right? But the truth is, walking across that stage and getting that very special envelope in the mail is merely a stepping stone towards other life accomplishments, right? I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a great accomplishment to be sure, but how many students graduate and end up getting swallowed up in uncertainty because they aren't sure what they're supposed to do next? The real benefit of that education was the time spent in class, in ensembles, in studio classes. It was the challenge to become a more critical thinker, to learn proper research techniques and to learn basically how to learn <laughs> and thus how to teach. The degree was never intended to be a destination. Those have been some bigger examples, so let's think smaller scale. <laughs> In fact, let's think about scales. We work our students through sequences of 12 major pentascales, and then, oh wait, there's also minor pentascales. Then there are full octave scales, all 12 majors, and then three forms of the minor. And then there are multiple octave scales all along the way. You know, sometimes we have them play in contrary motion or in thirds or sixths or tenths, whatever. I mean, the list goes on and on. I have an entire episode brewing inside my brain about scales, so I'm not going to get into all of this now. 
but do your students view scales as goals to achieve and check off their lists? Or do they recognize the many complex ways they are growing their musical knowledge through these drills? Being able to play all major and minor scales with proper fingerings is a huge accomplishment, but it is certainly not a final destination, nor will mastering these scales mean students are done studying them. It's the whole laundry dilemma all over again, right? I do all of this work to learn these scales, and now there's a whole new realm of scale playing that awaits me. <laughs> do your students know this? Do they recognize the open-ended nature of studying music? Or are they secretly looking for the day when we smile at them and say, Congratulations, you officially know how to play the piano. <laughs> so what do we do here? We've established that goals are very good, very important for students. But we have also established goals are pretty much never ending, and that can feel overwhelming for our students. So what's the teacher move here anyway? I'll tell you. It's celebration. It's acknowledgement of doing the hard things. It's carefully framing the challenges we give our students so they recognize the benchmarks we're asking them to achieve, yet being sure to acknowledge the fact that musicians are never done growing. And it's learning to sell our students on the magic and the mystery of that fact that music is its own universe and it holds more than a lifetime of discovery inside of it. It's telling or even showing our students what they will be able to start working on once their current goal is achieved, right? This is when we remind our students that even though we know a lot about this art form, that we are still learning new things every day. In short, it's infusing humanity and authenticity into what we do on a daily basis. <laughs> and we do all this and people on the outside think we just get to sit around and listen to students play music all day, right? <laughs> Okay, so on that note, allow me to offer up a toast as we get ready to part ways for the day. Studio music teacher friends from all around the world, today we acknowledge goals as the moving targets they are. This is something I have really struggled with over the years because some of us are just wired to seek out destinations. <laughs> some of you are better about learning to enjoy the journey. And I guess that's a really simple way to wrap this entire episode, right? To recognize the benefits of being a musician are so often found along the journey. The big picture accomplishments that get featured in our bios and our resumes are nothing without the lessons learned in getting there. 
don't be afraid to model this for your students. Tell them something that you are working towards. Remind them that your performances can go off the rails sometimes too. Tell your students why you love making music. Let them see your musician's heart in addition to your teacher's heart. Help your students fall in love with the never-ending stepping stones of musician life. I am totally in for this. Are you with me? <laughs> Cheers to you, my teacher friends who do so much more than meets the eye. Here, here. That's what I've got for episode 147, friends. I have more thoughts on goals as moving targets, specifically on how this applies to our own lives. And I'm going to go ahead and include those as the focus of this week's One Thought Thursday e-letter. If you are not subscribed to One Thought Thursdays, I just have to tell you that writing this weekly letter has become one of my favorite tasks each week. It's a great way to check in with you, share one good thought for your day, and open up a dialogue one-to-one, -one, which is important to me as your anytime piano teacher friend. <laughs> if we're really friends, I actually do care about conversing with you back and forth, <laughs> and email is a great way to do that. So if you are not subscribed to that e-letter, I'd encourage you to give it a chance and head to christinawhitlock.com slash subscribe to get yourself on the list. Be well, my teacher friends, until we chat again, onward and upward toward embracing our goals as the moving targets and stepping stones they are.